Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Ted O'Connell, author of USMLE Step 2 Secrets and Chief Content Officer for Inside the Boards. This is the Step 2 Secrets podcast, where we provide you the high-yield content from Step 2 Secrets in audio format, as well as question breakdowns, so you can study on the go and get back to reclaiming some of your life. Welcome to the Step 2 Secrets podcast. I am Patrick Beeman, host of the Inside the Boards podcast, which you should also check out. I'm here today with a question from Elsevier's Clinical Key to kick off this episode. A 29-year-old male with a past medical history of HIV infection sees his doctor for ongoing treatment. He is on a recommended antiviral protocol and has suffered no opportunistic infections in the past six months. His physical exam is normal. He has a CD4 count of 180. Treatment with which of the following is recommended at this time? Is it A, combination clarithromycin and fluconazole? Choice B, combined pentamidine and fluconazole? Choice C, pneumococcal and influenza vaccination? Or choice D, pneumococcal vaccination and gancyclovir? And the correct answer here is choice C, pneumococcal and influenza vaccination. Story time. In 1996, the U.S. Public Health Service and the Infectious Disease Society of America issued guidelines for the prevention of opportunistic infections in patients with HIV. Decisions about when to initiate prophylaxis depend on the CD4 count, the presence of symptoms, and drug side effects, among other things. Currently, patients with CD4 counts less than 200 should be on chemoprophylaxis, trimethoprim sulfamethoxazole, against pneumocystis urovicii, and are strongly encouraged to receive the pneumococcal and influenza vaccines. To look at the other answer choices, A was combination clarithromycin and fluconazole. So, clarithromycin is used as prophylaxis against Mycobacterium avium complex, or MAC, in patients with CD4 counts less than 50. Fluconazole, on the other hand, is not routinely used for primary prophylaxis in HIV-AIDS patients. Choice B was combined pentamidine and fluconazole. Well, we said fluconazole is not routinely used for primary prophylaxis. And pentamidine has fallen out of favor due to the availability of more effective drugs. So note that the drug of choice for PCP or pneumocystis gerovicii prophylaxis is trimethoprim sulfamethoxazole. In patients who are allergic to or intolerant of that drug, alternative agents like atovaquone or dapsone should be given for prophylaxis. And choice D, pneumococcal vaccination in gancyclovir. So, the pneumococcal vaccine, as we saw before, should be given to this patient, but 
Gansicavir is not routinely indicated for patients at this point except to treat active cytomegalovirus infection, such as retinitis, which the patient would be at a risk for, with a CD4 count under 50. So basically, an important aspect of HIV care is administration of prophylactic agents for the prevention of infection. Primary prophylaxis is decided based on CD4 counts. In addition to primary prophylaxis, infection prophylaxis may also be based on past infection history or exposure indicated by serologic testing. Primary prophylaxis is indicated for pneumocystis gerovicii pneumonia. When CD4 counts are less than 100, a patient should also receive prophylaxis against toxoplasma. And when CD4 counts are less than 50, patients should receive prophylaxis against mycobacterium avium complex. All right, short and sweet. Now, let's get back to USMLE Step 2 Secrets. This is Ted O'Connell, and this is the immunology chapter of USMLE Step 2 Secrets, 5th edition. Question 1. List the four classic types of hypersensitivity reactions. Anaphylactic, or type 1. Cytotoxic, or type 2 immune complex mediated or type 3, cell mediated or delayed type 4. Question 2. What causes type 1 hypersensitivity? Give the classic clinical examples. Type 1 immediate hypersensitivity is due to preformed IgE antibodies that cause release of vasoactive amines, for example histamine and leukotrienes, from mast cells and basophils. Examples are anaphylaxis, angioedema, atopy, allergic rhinitis, urticaria, and some forms of asthma. Anaphylaxis may be due to bee stings, food allergy, especially peanuts and shellfish, medications, especially penicillins and sulfa drugs, or latex allergy. Question 3. Describe the clinical findings with chronic type 1 hypersensitivity. Look for eosinophilia, elevated IgE levels, positive family history, and seasonal exacerbations. Patients may also have allergic shiners, bilateral infraorbital edema, and a transverse nasal crease, the so-called allergic salute sign, due to frequent nose rubbing. Pale, bluish, edematous nasal turbinates with many eosinophils in clear, watery nasal secretions are also classic. Question 4. How do you recognize and treat true anaphylaxis? Look for the classic triggers mentioned above just before the patient becomes tachycardic and flushed and develops itching or hives, facial swelling, that is angioedema, and difficulty breathing, or nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea. Symptoms tend to develop rapidly and dramatically. Nausea, vomiting, and abdominal pain are also concerning for anaphylaxis since similar receptors are also present in the gut wall. Treat immediately by securing the airway. Laryngeal edema may prevent intubation, in which case do a cricothyroidotomy if needed. Give intramuscular epinephrine, H1 and H2 receptor blockers, and corticosteroids. If symptoms continue or hypotension develops, consider pressor support and intravenous epinephrine. Question 5. What usually causes hereditary angioedema? A deficiency of C1 esterase inhibitor complement is the usual cause of hereditary angioedema. Patients have diffuse swelling of the lips, eyelids, and possibly the airway, 
unrelated to allergen exposure. The disease is autosomal dominant. Look for a positive family history. C4 complement levels are low. Acute treatment is the same as for anaphylaxis. Some benefit has been shown with administration of fresh frozen plasma to replace C1 esterase. Androgens are used long-term for treatment because they increase liver production of C1 esterase inhibitor. Question 6. What type of testing can identify an allergen if it is not obvious? Skin or patch testing? Question 7. What causes type 2 hypersensitivity? List some classic clinical examples. Type 2 cytotoxic hypersensitivity is due to preformed IgG and IgM antibodies that react with the antigen and cause secondary inflammation. Examples include the following autoimmune hemolytic anemia, classically caused by methyl dopa, penicillins, or sulfa drugs, or other cytopenias caused by antibodies, such as idiopathic thrombocytopenic purpura, transfusion reactions erythroblastosis fetalis caused by RH incompatibility, good pasture syndrome, watch for linear immunofluorescence on kidney biopsy, myasthenia gravis, Graves disease, pernicious anemia, pemphigus vulgaris, hyperacute transplant rejection. As soon as the astomosis is made at transplant surgery, the transplanted organ deteriorates in front of the surgeon's eyes. Question 8. What lab test is usually positive with a type 2 hypersensitivity that causes anemia? The Coombs test, usually the direct Coombs test. Question 9. What causes type 3 hypersensitivity? List some classic clinical examples. Type 3 immune complex mediated hypersensitivity is due to antigen antibody complexes that usually are deposited in vessels and cause an inflammatory response. Examples include serum sickness, systemic lupus erythematosus, or SLE, rheumatoid arthritis, polyarteritis nodosa, cryoglobulinemia, and certain types of glomerulonephritis, for example, from chronic hepatitis. Question 10. What causes type 4 hypersensitivity? How is it related to tuberculosis testing? Type 4 that is cell-mediated or delayed hypersensitivity, is due to sensitized T lymphocytes that release inflammatory mediators. The tuberculosis skin test, the purified protein derivative, or PPD, exploits this immune system reaction. Other examples include contact dermatitis, especially poison ivy, nickel earrings, cosmetics, and medications, chronic transplant rejection, and granulomas, such as sarcoidosis. Question 11. What sexually transmitted infectious disease should be in the back of your mind when a patient presents with a sore throat and mononucleosis-like syndrome? Acute HIV infection, because initial seroconversion usually presents as a mononucleosis-like syndrome. For example, fever, malaise, pharyngitis, rash, and lymphadenopathy. Also consider gonococcal pharyngitis in sexually active young persons with severe pharyngitis. Question 12. How is HIV diagnosed? How long after exposure does the HIV test become positive? Diagnosis is usually made with the ELISA test, which, if positive, is confirmed with a Western blot test. 
All of these tests should be resulted before you tell the patient anything. It takes three weeks for antibodies to develop in the majority of patients. Antibodies are present by six months in 95% of patients. Therefore, if a patient wants testing because of recent risk-taking behavior or if a known exposure has occurred, CDC guidelines call for testing at four weeks, 12 weeks, and 24 weeks if third-generation ELISA testing is used or at 16 weeks if fourth-generation testing is used. If the exposure occurred within the last 72 hours, post-exposure prophylaxis should be offered. Post-exposure prophylaxis consists of taking a fully active three-drug regimen for 28 days. Rapid tests, which usually result within a few minutes to hours, are available, but as the positive predictive value varies with the prevalence of HIV infection in the population, preliminary positive tests require confirmatory testing with ELISA and Western blot. Negative test results are reliable unless the patient is in the window period, which is generally considered to be three weeks with the third generation tests and about 16 days with the fourth generation tests, incorporating P24 antigen. If acute HIV infection is suspected, it is necessary to send HIV viral load in addition to HIV antibody. Question 13. Are control tests needed when a PPD tuberculosis test is done in an HIV-positive patient? Most authorities no longer recommend control, also known as energy testing, when a PPD test is done in HIV-positive patients. However, serum testing with interferon gamma-release assays, IGRAs, for example, quantiferon or QFT, is becoming increasingly popular for the diagnosis of latent TB infection in both HIV-positive patients and in the general population. Question 14. How do you recognize pneumocystis gerovecii pneumonia, PCP? For the Step 2 exam, think of PCP first in any patient with HIV and pneumonia, even though community-acquired pneumonia is more common even in patients with AIDS. Look for severe hypoxia with normal chest radiographs or diffuse bilateral interstitial infiltrates. Patients usually present with a dry, non-productive cough and dyspnea. PCP may be detected with silver stains, right GEMSA, GEMSA, or methenamine silver, applied to induced sputum. If not, you can use bronchoscopy with bronchoalveolar lavage and brush biopsy to make the diagnosis. High levels of lactate dehydrogenase are suspicious in the appropriate setting. PCP is now occasionally treated presumptively, typically with trimethoprim sulfamethoxazole with corticosteroids if severe hypoxia is present, with diagnostic testing reserved for those in whom the diagnosis is unclear or initial treatment fails. If the patient's CD4 count is greater than 250, the patient is considered immune competent and AIDS-related diseases such as PCP are very unlikely. Question 15. What is the most common primary immunodeficiency? How do you recognize it? IgA deficiency, which causes recurrent respiratory and gastrointestinal infections. IgA levels are always low, and levels of IgG subclass 2 may be low. Do not give immunoglobulins, which may cause anaphylaxis due to development of anti-IgA antibodies. Alternatively, if any patient develops anaphylaxis after immunoglobulin exposure, 
you should think of IgA deficiency. Question 16. How do you recognize Bruton agammaglobulinemia? Bruton agammaglobulinemia, or X-linked agammaglobulinemia, is an X-linked recessive disorder with low or absent B cells that affects males. Infections begin after six months when maternal antibodies disappear. Look for recurrent lung or sinus infections with streptococcus and haemophilus species. Question 17. What causes DeGeorge syndrome? How do you recognize it? DeGeorge syndrome is caused by hypoplasia of the third and fourth pharyngeal pouches. Look for hypocalcemia and tetany from hypocalcemia due to absent parathyroid glands in the first 24 to 48 hours of life. The thymus may also be absent or hypoplastic, and congenital heart defects and typical facies are often present. Question 18. What is the classic cause of severe combined immunodeficiency? How does it present? Severe combined immunodeficiency may be autosomal recessive or X-linked. The classic cause is adenosine deaminase deficiency, which is autosomal recessive. Patients have B and T cell defects and severe infections in the first few months of life. Other symptoms include cutaneous energy and absent or dysplastic thymus and lymph nodes. Question 19. What triad indicates the diagnosis of Wiscott-Aldrich syndrome? Wiscott-Aldrich syndrome is an X-linked recessive disorder that affects males. The classic triad consists of eczema, thrombocytopenia, and recurrent infections, usually respiratory. Question 20. How do you recognize Chediak-Higashi syndrome? Chediak-Higashi syndrome is usually an autosomal recessive disorder characterized by giant granules in neutrophils, infections, and often oculocutaneous albinism. The underlying defect is abnormal organellar protein trafficking due to mutation in the chs one LYST gene, resulting in impaired phagocytosis. Question 21. Describe the pathophysiology of chronic granulomatous disease. Chronic granulomatous disease, or CGD, is usually an X-linked recessive disorder that affects males. Because of a defect in the activity of the enzyme nicotinamide adenosine dinucleotide phosphate, NADPH oxidase, Patients have recurrent infections with catalase-positive organisms such as Staphylococcus aureus and Pseudomonas species. Diagnosis is clinched if the question mentions deficient nitroblue tetrazoleum, NBT, dye reduction by granulocytes. This test measures the respiratory burst, which patients with chronic granulomatous disease lack. On the USMLE, if you see CGD, then look for NBT in the answer. Question 22. Cover the right-hand column and answer the questions about HIV management on the left. After HIV diagnosis, how often do you check the CD4 count? Answer, every 3 to 4 months initially, then every 6 to 12 months for patients who are adherent to therapy with sustained viral suppression and stable clinical status for more than 2 to 3 years. When do you start retroviral therapy? Since 2011, the CDC has recommended HIV treatment with highly active antiretroviral therapy, or HEART, regardless of CD4 count. 
What are the aids to fighting illnesses? PCP pneumonia, esophageal or other invasive candidiasis, wasting syndrome, Kaposi sarcoma, disseminated mycobacterium avium infection, tuberculosis, cytomegalovirus disease, disseminated histoplasmosis, progressive multifocal leukoencephalopathy, HIV-associated dementia or encephalopathy, recurrent bacterial pneumonia, toxoplasmosis, immunoblastic lymphoma, chronic or extrapulmonary cryptosporidiosis, Burkitt lymphoma, disseminated histoplasmosis, invasive cervical cancer, chronic herpes simplex, chronic intestinal isosporiasis, and recurrent salmonella infection. When do you start PCP prophylaxis? When the CD4 count is less than 200 or a history of oropharyngeal candidiasis. What is the drug of choice for PCP prophylaxis? Trimethoprim sulfamethoxazole, also called Bactrim. What other agents are used in patients with allergy or intolerance to Bactrim? Dapsone, aerosolized pentamidine, and atovaquone. When should you start mycobacterium avium complex, MAC, prophylaxis? When the CD4 count is less than 50. What drugs are used for MAC prophylaxis? Clarithromycin or azithromycin? Rifabutin is an alternative. True or false? Once the CD4 count is less than 200, the patient is automatically considered to have AIDS, even without opportunistic infections. True. True or false? Give the measles, mumps, rubella vaccine. True, though the CD4 count must be over 200. True or false? Give the varicella vaccine. True. If the patient does not have evidence of immunity, CD4 count must be over 200. True or false? Do not give annual influenza vaccines. False. Give every year to all HIV-infected patients. True or false? Pneumococcal vaccine should be given. True. It should be given to all HIV-infected patients, and re-vaccination every five years should be considered. True or false? Give hepatitis A vaccine. True, if the patient has chronic liver disease or is at increased risk for hepatitis A infection. True or false, give hepatitis B vaccine. True. True or false, PPD testing should be done annually. True, if the initial test is negative and the patient is high risk. True or false, oral polio vaccine should be given to patients who are at risk of exposure through travel or work. False you should use the inactivated polio vaccine injection. The risk of which cancer is increased on skin and in the mouth? Kaposi sarcoma. The risk of which type of blood cancer is increased? Non-Hodgkin lymphoma, usually primary B-cell lymphomas of the central nervous system. What do positive India ink preparations of the cerebral spinal fluid mean? Cryptococcus neoformans meningitis. What do ring-enhancing lesions in the brain on CT or MRI usually mean? Toxoplasmosis, cystercycosis from tenia solium, or lymphoma. True or false, HIV may cause thrombocytopenia. True. True or false, HIV can cause dementia. True. True or false, HIV protects against peripheral neuropathies. False.
HIV can cause them. True or false? HIV-positive mothers may breastfeed their infants. False. HIV can be transmitted through breast milk. First-choice treatment for cytomegalovirus retinitis? Valgancyclovir. Second-choice agents for cytomegalovirus retinitis? Gancyclovir, Foscarnet, or Cydovivir. True or false? Pregnant patients should receive antiretroviral therapy. True. Three-drug therapy is currently recommended. This is no different for the pregnant female. Earlier administration is best. True or false? Low-risk infants born to HIV-positive mothers should take Zydovudine. True. For at least six weeks after delivery. There are separate guidelines for high-risk infants who take a three-drug regimen akin to post-exposure prophylaxis. True or false? Cesarean section increases maternal HIV transmission. False. Cesarean section is a recommended mode of delivery for HIV-positive women with a viral load greater than 1,000 copies to prevent perinatal transmission. Women with a viral load of less than 1,000 copies may be offered vaginal delivery if appropriate. Most likely cause of pneumonia in an HIV-positive patient? Streptococcus pneumoniae. Most likely cause of opportunistic pneumonia in an HIV-positive patient? Pneumocystis gerevechiae. The stain used on sputum to detect PCP? Silver, the right GMSA or GMSA. The two pathogens that cause chronic diarrhea only in AIDS? Cryptosporidium and Isospora species. True or false? Herpes zoster infection in young adults equals possible HIV infection. True, because it suggests immunodeficiency. True or false? Thrush in young adults may mean HIV infection. True, it's also associated with diabetes, leukemia, and steroid use. True or false? A positive HIV antibody test in a newborn is unreliable. True. Maternal antibodies in the neonate can give a false positive result for the first four to six months and is considered unreliable in neonates. Definitive testing is done with HIV DNA PCR. Question 23. Complement deficiencies of C5 through C9 cause recurrent infections with which genus of bacteria? Neisseria species. Question 24. Define chronic mucocutaneous candidiasis. Chronic mucocutaneous candidiasis is a cellular immunodeficiency specific for candidal infection. Patients have thrush and candidal infections of the scalp, skin, and nails, as well as allergy to candida species with skin testing. It is often associated with hypothyroidism. The rest of the immune function is intact. No other types of infections are present. Question 25. Give the classic description of hyper-IgE syndrome, Job-Buckley syndrome. Patients with hyper-IgE syndrome have recurrent staphylococcal infections, especially of the skin, and extremely high IgE levels. They also commonly have fair skin, red hair, and eczema. That's the end of this chapter. A big thank you to Elsevier Incorporated, my publishing company behind USMLE Step 2 Secrets, for allowing us to put out this book in audio format. Please check out the other Inside the Boards podcasts over at insidetheboards.com. 
including the main Inside the Boards podcast and the Inside the Boards Study Smarter series for question breakdowns and tips on getting through medical school. And with that, we wrap up today's episode of USMLE Step 2 Secrets. Hi, this is Ted O'Connell. I just wanted to let you know real quick that when the time comes for you to begin studying for the USMLE Step 3 we actually now have a USMLE Step 3 subscription podcast, so I encourage you to check that out over at medpreptogo.com. We have sample episodes available, and even if you're studying for Step 2, you may actually find some of this content uh, really useful for your studies, so please do check it out.